Lately, a lot of you have reached out and said something like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to start sharing my story. It's scary AF, but I need to do this. I've been through some stuff. I came out the other side of it. And I think if I start talking about it, I think if I start building a platform around it, I can really make a difference for other people. And I love to hear that because you can and you will, but it's hard to know where to even start. I'm laying it all out in the solo episode. So keep on listening. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Campfire Circle. I'm your host, Tanya Bhattacharya, and I empower purpose-driven women in building influential personal brands that drive change and raise revenue. We all talk about getting a seat at the table, but why though? Who wants to sit in a stuffy boardroom anyway? Let's reimagine the ultimate space of leadership as a campfire circle where we share stories that inspire movements, build brave communities to huddle together with for warmth, and where there is always room. Come sit with us. Okay, I have to admit that the term thought leader has been bastardized. It's got a little bit of a PR problem, I'm not going to lie. And it's gotten to the point where anyone with a big ego and Wi-Fi and a computer can just appoint themselves as one. But to be honest, we don't give ourselves that title of thought leader, but instead it's given to us by the perception of our community, the perception of our audience. And anybody who's just straight up calling themselves a thought leader, I don't know, might be missing the point, maybe. Because so many intelligent, hardworking, and humble changemakers shrug off the term as a result, right? They hesitate about what other people would think about them if they put themselves out there in such a visible way. And they downplay their lived experience. They don't think it's important and think that they need that fancy title, that that Ivy League degree um, and some other form of status to show up. And they can't even see the conditioning that they've been swimming in that has been telling them to be seen and not heard or to be humble, but to a fault, right? And I want to reimagine and reframe thought leadership, not as a marketing strategy, but really as a way of being where we're consistently tapping into our passion, our experience, our credibility to build trust and community as we imagine and shape the future together for the better. So really it's about being of service and freely giving the information away that we have figured out through our lived experience that we have trudged through to to figure out for ourselves. And so rather than thought leadership, sometimes I like to think of it as lived leadership you know, because it really is that lived experience. And so if you have been in the trenches, if you have worked closely with the problem that you're trying to solve, what I love the most is when you have personally gone through the thing that you're working on eradicating, whether it's a health issue like mental health or addiction or a toxic work environment, right? Or another harmful systemic issue, because then you can lean into thought leadership or lived leadership, right? to educate people about your cause and your unique solutions from your, from your own experience, from your own lived experience. And yes, you're going to have to get in the limelight, but only because that light then reflects back on your mission. So your audience can see the need. They can identify how they fit into supporting your work and become inspired to take action on your behalf, on your community's behalf. So again, it's about building trust and community as we imagine and shape the future together for the better. 
And so, like I said earlier, if something inside of you is starting to poke your heart, it feels like you might be getting ready to start getting more visible, sharing what you've been through, breaking down the way things have always been done in your space to help others who are struggling through it now, and you just don't know where to start. It really all starts with imagination and a belief that you can shape the future. And so in a nutshell, I would say that that would be dreaming up your vision and really articulating your vision or your North Star. And when we've been through this stuff, when we've been through these things that we are now trying to fix, these big systemic issues, we can numb out just to survive. We can burn out and we stop believing in our own ability to make shift happen. But dreaming is that impulse that drifts us towards a new creative future. And when you're dreaming up a new future, you can envision something fresh rather than just recycling ideas of how we've always done it and how it's always been and how it's always going to be. And so that vision statement or that North Star is really important because it illuminates your pathway forward. It informs how you communicate, where you spend your time, who who you spend it with, which I think is one of the most important things. And even the channels that you're going to use to become that trusted go-to person who's talking about that thing that you're passionate about. You probably have like a gut feeling about the vision you are working towards, like some wispy vibes that are in your gut or your brain. But once you articulate it, once it materializes into a written down phrase, it's kind of like making a commitment towards that vision. And one of my dear people, uh, Faith Strong, told me once this quote by Gerter, which I think about all the time, which is, at the moment of commitment, the entire universe conspires to assist you. That's what happens when you come up with a vision that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning, right? And so the first thing I recommend when you're making this commitment to lived leadership is to get clear on your vision for a changed world. So clear that you can not only articulate that vision and like present the story of, of your vision, but actually embody it, not just in your LinkedIn content, not just in your speaking stuff, right? But in your actions. So it's like you're a walking manifestation of the change that you're working towards. And it's like, how do you, how do I have to be to make this new world a reality? How do I have to heal myself to become the kind of person who can make this happen? How do I have to practice being on a daily basis to make this vision come true? And so one of my favorite books ever, I refer to it all the time, Atomic Habits by James Clear He says, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. And I want to add to that. I want to piggyback on that and say, it's also a vote for the world that you're trying to build. And so when I work with my clients, the vision statement is the very first thing we work on. And sometimes there's some like resistance here and people wonder if they can go down a different route because this, this work is hard. I mean, it's like taking a flashlight and looking at your, at your pain and imagining something different for the future. So it's hard. And so maybe, and it's, and it takes time, right? So maybe there's a quicker route to get visible. People think like, can I just hire a PR firm? Can I just run a paid ad campaign? And those are all fine tactics, right? And methods. But if you don't know where you're going, you don't know, you don't have a message. Like what message are you even going to put out there? And so you're essentially buying attention but you can't buy trust because the outcome of thought leadership is trust. And to be a thought leader, to be a lived leader, whatever you want to call it, right? I'm still, I'm still struggling with the term, but the outcome is trust. And so my friend, Rebecca, 
She's a facilitator and a somatic coach. And her vision is of an interdependent world where everybody is free because we've intentionally healed at scale through somatic practice of our values. My friend Jenna is a collaborative strategic planning consultant for nonprofits. And her vision is a world where everyone's voice has the power to inspire change. My vision, my working vision, is dismantling the boardroom table and instead reimagining the ultimate space of leadership as a campfire circle, where we safely share our vulnerable stories, build brave communities to huddle with for warmth, and where there's always room. And so this podcast is a communication platform. It's a strategy, I guess. Not really, but it's a, it's a communication tactic. It's a method. But it was burst out of that vision. If I didn't have that vision, what would I even be talking about? I don't know. And that brings me to my next point, right? Which is that your vision is also a filtration system. Let's say there's a method or tactic that you've always done because it's just the way you've always done it. But in actuality, maybe it's at odds with your vision, right? So some examples that I've seen are like, maybe you're the leader of a nonprofit with a vision of ending food waste. So is a gala where dozens you know, dozens and dozens of dinners are going to waste. Is that the right method to get you to your vision? Or maybe you're the leader of a coalition that's promoting equality, right? Is a tiered sponsorship for your conference the right method? Or maybe you're an advocate for justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So is a speaking engagement with an all-white panel the right method? Or, you know, a, a panel where you're not paid for your labor in money, only exposure, the right method? Or would that method not even exist if your vision that you're working towards came true? You guys, this was such an aha moment for me when I, when I really embodied that, right? Do your actions reflect the new world that you're building or are they remnants from the current broken world that will keep you in this exact same place? It's just food for thought there might be a method that you're not engaging with because it makes you nervous. And so for me, it was going live or doing videos in general. I mean, there's a reason I started a podcast and not a YouTube channel, right? Or like a LinkedIn live thing. And then my friend, Rachel, asked me to do an Instagram live with her. And I was like, no. And then my friend Shay asked me to do a video for her platform. And and my immediate reaction is always no to videos because I hate doing them. I love these women hate being on camera, but then pause, right? I wait and I sit with it. And I realize that this method or activity is leading our world closer to our shared visions for the future. They're literally asking me to get vulnerable, to build brave community with them and inviting me into their circle where there's room for me. And it's like, shit, okay, I, I guess I'll suck it up, put on my big girl panties, find my ring light, like, look for a nice filter and just do the thing, even though I, even though it's uncomfortable. And I think growing through that discomfort is part of the work because the new world that you're building can't be born without labor contractions. So when you change, it all changes with you. Another way that your vision is also a filtration system is because the people who just aren't for you, they aren't with it. They're not about it. They're not for the world that you're trying to make happen will automatically filter themselves out. There's plenty of people that I know who are against my vision, like not just into it. They're literally against it. They don't want the boardroom table to be dismantled. And when I say boardroom table, I'm really conjuring up the imagery of there not being enough space for everyone, 
right? Competition, exclusion, overwork, urgency, perfectionism, burnout, quantity over quality, right? And so some people have a different experience of that table because it currently works great for them. And I can bless and release them. But the people who are down and they're for it, having a powerful vision will help bring friends, fans, followers, whatever, community on board to help create this new future with you. So when you put your vision out there, it's, it's, it's really cool. People come out of the woodwork, they just show up, they just raise their hand and they lean in with you. They, they just show up, they come and they invest in your vision. They're like, how can I make this happen with you? They invite you to be on their podcast. They refer clients. They ask you to collaborate on summits. Like it just, it just starts happening exponentially when you have that strong vision and your vision will evolve. Right. And so if you're feeling some type of way around, like, ah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It will change. It will flow. It will transform. It's a, it's a working vision and that's okay. That's life. But I did notice a change in my work when I pulled it out of the ephemeral, when I changed it from a vibe and put it into a sentence. So it, it, I mean, there's something to it, right? So let's do it. Okay. This is the first exercise that I have my clients do, and it can't be rushed. It can't be forced. Think about these questions, meditate in an environment where you feel creative, whether that's a bath, a soaking bath, a nature walk, a just like a discussion with the friends who know you best. I think bringing people in who are part of your community and building community around this can be really great. And don't worry about writing these questions down. I've got a resource for you in the show notes with all of these questions listed out. And there's plenty of space on there for you to doodle, brain dump, and just download your answers from the universe. Okay. So these are the questions that I want you to really um, marinate on. So what have you and the people that you stand with have been waiting for? What have you been waiting for? How can you specifically best support your community? What future world are you committed to creating? What new way of doing things have come up through your lived experience that could be taught to others? If you had a magic wand and you could make one magical change, what would it be? What injustices are happening within your field or your niche or your space that make you mad, that keep you up at night, that break your heart? And then lastly, what's your legacy? And you may not have thought about that. It may even feel or seem ego-driven to think about that, but I promise you legacy is anything but ego-driven. And remember, your vision should be a little scary because it's a big deal and it won't happen anytime soon. It might not happen in your lifetime, but starting that ripple effect or slowing, uh, rolling that snowball down a hill can become that avalanche that then covers a lot of ground. Maybe I shouldn't have used that, that avalanches are not a good thing, but you know what I mean? So along with your vision, we usually talk about mission, like mission and vision. And if the vision is why you do what you do, the mission is the how. But instead of talking about that specifically, I instead want to cover something that I've noticed is sometimes missing from this process. We go straight from the vision to the mission. We go from the why to the how. But your vision is your North Star, right? It guides your path. But that star fits into a larger constellation, right? Constellations and sky maps have helped people navigate the world for thousands of years. And when you put these bright stars together in recognizable patterns, you can 
find those stars more easily and assigning meaning and mythology to them. And, and, you know, it makes them even more recognizable. And so your constellation then is made up of your adjacent community and the bigger, the bigger ecosystem of those that you maybe haven't even met yet, but can actually make your vision shine even brighter. And by getting to know your constellation and building one up around you, it can actually help inform your mission and your strategy for your work to become even more discoverable, to become even more recognizable. And so knowing where you are in relationship to this ecosystem, this greater constellation, you can you can further your work, you can amplify your voice, and you can shine brighter. And so these are some of the questions that you can ask yourself. And don't worry, these are going to be in the downloadable resource in the show notes too. But you know, ask yourself these maybe even before you get super clear on your on your next mission, because this will help inform that, right? Ask yourself, once you have your vision, what local nonprofits, movements, influencers, you know, organizations, who is involved in similar work or serves a similar community to me, but in a different way? What technologies are starting to emerge that I should be involved with or know about? What economic changes are up on the horizon? Politically, what's the landscape like in relation to your work and how might it change over the next four years? Which politicians support the things that you're for and which are against the things that you're for? What are the popular trends at the local level, at the national level? Like what, what's happening? What are the trends and what is your stance on them? And are there any trends that you are just against maybe? Because being a disruptor in service of your vision can help you stand out. And then lastly, you're part of this thriving bright constellation, right? But as with all things, stars die out too. And yet their light continues shining for many years. So what's a dying star in your field, right? And what I mean by that is what's a method or way of thinking that's no longer accepted, but it was prevalent for many years, or maybe it's in the process of dying. Maybe it's something that's been broken for a long time and COVID and all of these, all of the, the way that our, our culture has been shifting over the last years has really brought it to light, right? What impact did that dying star have? How did it come about? Why is, why is it no longer the accepted best practice? How did it die? Are there any learning lessons here? Can you factor those into your messaging and your work? And so you're probably exhausted now. You're probably tired and you're just like, oh, can I just not? I don't know. I don't know how you're taking this. But the reaction I get often is this is a lot of work. This is going to take a lot of time. And getting the answers to these questions require reaching out to people and having real conversations. But that is literally what this work is. It's building community and trust. And you have to show up to do that. You have to understand what's already being done so that when you get clear on your mission, you can do it in a unique and new way. And so to wrap up, getting clear on your vision is the first thing that I'd work on as you practice this lived leadership, thought leadership kind of thing. And before coming up with your mission, start piecing together your constellation. So your vision makes sense as part of it. And you can shine even more brightly together. And then lastly, on a daily basis, an hourly basis, sometimes second by second basis, take those brave actions of embodying your vision, especially when it's hard or goes against how we've always done things. Because that's what it takes 
to build trust and community as we imagine and shape the future together for the better. And so as I, as I was developing my own vision, I created some guiding principles of who I needed to practice being as I leaned into this way of being. And so it might be helpful for you too. Feel free to try these on for yourself. These help me embody the type of leadership that I'm trying to re-envision in my, in my new world, right? And that's where it starts, okay? So these are my guiding principles. And again, take them, wear them, try them on, whatever. They're for you too. So we look through the lens of those we serve with radical empathy and respect. We strategically share our lived experience and stories from the trenches to educate and inspire others to join our movement. We commit to transparent community building, attracting a growing audience to sit around our campfire. We fill in collective gaps in understanding to benefit all who still suffer with the goal of becoming the go-to trusted voice in our space. We take the next right step to the best of our ability with humility and gratitude. We do the inner work so we can wear our protective trauma responses, such as perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people-pleasing as loose, flowy garments. We are comfortable not having all the answers, but we do what it takes to find them when the right questions are asked. We show up with the spirit of abundance, actively saying, no thank you to scarcity mentality. And then lastly, we put the community served above all else, and we weave in their wisdom with credit into our shared solution. So those are my thoughts for today. I adore you. I appreciate you. I know you can do this. We're doing it together. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. What'd you think? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even better, reach out and let me know through lumosmarketing.co. Yes, that's lumos as in the illumination spell from Harry Potter. Because when you shine, magical things happen. You can get social with me on LinkedIn. And of course, check out the show notes to stay in touch with our guests. Let's talk soon.